What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast. I am, of course, your host who does the most, Ethan Smith. That is Gary Morgan, as he is here every single Monday. And on today's episode, we're going to talk more about what we've seen in spring training and what guys will be here for the long haul and what players will not be here for the long haul or even past this year and why it's a good thing that the Pirates may actually have a wealth of riches where we really thought that a lot of spring training battles were going to be and why it's okay for certain players to be playing well instead of blocking a specific prospect that we've talked about a lot over these past couple of weeks. But before we get today's podcast rolling, I want to thank you all for getting me to 200 subscribers on YouTube and listening every day wherever you find your podcast. You can find me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or this podcast on Twitter at Locked On Pirates. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Make sure you use them to go bet on the final four, but more on them later. And after the intro, we will be right back. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And all right, everyone, welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast. I am, of course, your host, who does the most, Ethan Smith, and I would also never throw a pitch to Aaron Judge uh, ever in my life. Uh, I, I value my life a lot more than that. I, even if I, they said, hey, you've won a contest to pitch against Aaron Judge, I would respectively decline. But as every day on Monday for I even don't even know how long at this point. I think Gary's been on this podcast probably for a year. I was going to actually look up the first time you were here to see if we hit a one-year anniversary yet. But he will be here every Monday through Christmas at least. We're doing five episodes a week all the way through Christmas, so that's going to be very fun. But on today's episode, Gary inspired me on a lot of these topics because I've seen a lot of stuff going on. And you kind of look right now at what the opening day lineup is going to shape out to be. They've already optioned most of the guys back to minor league camp and back to AAA that were not going to make the roster anyway. We saw that yesterday with Cal Mitchell and Kanan Smith and Jigba. Um, But you've said that you really think, and I'll let you say the number, but you've said you think there's going to be a lot of players that are currently on this roster that will not even be here in 2023. So go ahead and elaborate on that just a little bit. Oh, yeah. I I think uh, we'll probably see a turnover that – I think we'll shock people the number, but I think it's going to be between 10 and 14 players that start the season that probably aren't Pirates next year. At least not going to be Pirates with a major role. So I, I think we're going to experience a, a whole flux of, of change coming in this uh, this season. And that's kind of the fun part. That's, what's, that's where this is fun. This is when the prospects start to come up and make a difference. That's what this is all about, right? Hundred percent, and also, I mean, you look at a lot of the guys right now, and some of the takeaways that we've seen from spring training. Jose Quintana, and it's very interesting that every time Greg Brown talks about him, it's like he already has a spot in the rotation. But he's looked awful in spring training. Yeah, he really has. And there's a lot of pitchers that me and you are very excited to see. And I would go ahead and go on a limb and say Quintana might not even be here by the end of this year if he continues to play like that. But there's a lot of different guys to look forward to when we look around this roster and looking into next year as well. And that's a good thing 
because at that point you're saying, okay, here's our actual future of this team. And right now as well, you're seeing some of it play out. I mean, Rowenzi Contreras is a big part of that. You're going to see him this year. Uh, Miguel Yahure will hopefully be back this year. Uh, O'Neill Cruz, of course, is the talk of the town amongst everybody in Pittsburgh, just waiting on the decision to see if he makes the roster or not. Diego Castillo has even looked very good as well. Um, so what prospects, if any, do you think could start the season on the roster heading into 2022 on April 7th? Well, depending on how they go, I, I think there's several they could choose from here. Um, and, and also, who do you consider a prospect? You know, is Michael Chavis a prospect? I don't know. You yeah, know, is, is Hoy Park a prospect? Eh, I don't know. I mean, I guess you have to say so because Hoy Park's probably going to be rookie status, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I think out of the the guys that I think we would traditionally consider to be prospects, I don't know how you ignore what O'Neill Cruz has done. I mean, he he's definitely shown that, that he's ready to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to argue he's not one of the best options they have. Diego Castillo's done the same. I, I Diego Castillo's done the same, if not maybe a little quieter. But he certainly looked every bit the part, and he plays multiple positions well. That's super wanted. And with Michael Chavis getting scratched kind of mysteriously yesterday from the lineup, you know, there might be a crack there for somebody like Diego Castillo, who I actually think has a better shot of starting on opening day than, than O'Neill Cruz. Um, if only because they maybe don't, they're maybe not as, as frightened of losing a year of him as they are O'Neill Cruz. Yeah. So a lot of options there. Pitching though, like you touched on Quintana, he yeah he stunk. But like you have to just look, you don't even have to look that far back to see that that doesn't matter. No. I mean Tyler Anderson stunk in spring last year. Um, Cahill stunk in spring last year. Jordan Lyles stunk in spring a few years ago. It doesn't really matter when you bring in a veteran and you spend two million dollars, which to other teams is ten. You're going to start the guy. And and I wish they wouldn't. I don't think it'll last long. Quintana's not going to be on this team next year one way or another. Um, so, I mean, he, he doesn't matter to me at all. I barely even want to talk about him. Yeah, and I, I'm honestly the same boat. I really don't think so either. Um, and a big thing that I've taken away from all this, though, and we'll touch on this here in the next segment so I won't touch on it too much, is – this is not going to be like last year where the Pirates just were starting guys for the sake of having to start them. They actually have some real guys here that they can start and say, you've earned this job. You've earned the right to get a spot in the lineup and play in the, like in the infield or the outfield. And there's been some guys that are a big component to that, and we'll get to that here in just a minute. But I also want to let you guys know that today's episode, of course, if you want to go make some money on sports, Make sure you go to Bet Online. Bet Online, of course, is where the game starts. After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national champion this week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info from all the latest odds, contests, and players, props, you name it. 
BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action, which includes O'Neill Cruz at 3-1 to one odds to win Rookie of the Year in the National League. And BetOnline is where the game starts. I am not betting on O'Neill Cruz to win it, though, on BetOnline. I love BetOnline. I would normally do those things. But last year, I bet Key Brian Hayes to win Rookie of the Year. And he got hurt in the second game. So I will not do that to O'Neill Cruz. Um, but before the break... Uh, I touched on it a little bit about, I don't want to say an embarrassment of riches because it's not. It's If it was an embarrassment of riches, we would talk about this team being a 95-win baseball team. But they do have a lot of different options here now, specifically in the outfield and the middle infield, which was a topic that me and you talked about a lot during the offseason. It was talked about a lot during the offseason in general. And, I mean, you look at the guys that we just named in O'Neill Cruz and Diego Castillo. Say you bring those guys up day one. You're looking at a middle infield now where you have options of Kevin Newman, Cole Tucker, who has played phenomenally well, Diego Castillo, O'Neill Cruz, and then maybe even one more guy, like you said, maybe like a Rodolfo Castro or a Hoy Park or a Michael Chavis. And then you yeah. move to the outfield, and you have Brian Reynolds and Ben Gamble, obviously, but Greg Allen has looked very well this spring, and he's given them that option to say, okay, we didn't need Travis Swaggerty right away. We don't need Kanan Smith and Jigba right away. And then Anthony Alford is still in the fold as well. So what used to be kind of a, oh, we're starting um, Kai Tom in the outfield just because we have no one else, has now become, okay, we actually have options. And what kind of effect do you think that's going to have on how this team moves forward having all these options now? It's a bit more of a logical progression when, when people go down to injury or somebody underperforms. You don't have to sit there and... Like last year when when Fowler and Alfred were struggling, you know, at the, to open the season, they gave them both a <laughs> shot to start the season. They're both struggling mightily. And they cut Dustin Fowler, you know, as quickly as they could, basically. And they, they didn't really have anybody to bring up. They had to pick a Rule 5 or somebody else's DFA. Alfred went down. They really didn't have anybody to replace even him and what he was doing. That's a different story this year. This year they've got, you know, like you said, they've got somebody like a blind address even. If you just want to do a direct 40-man swap for Anthony Alfred and give that 26-year-old a chance, if you don't think any, any of the other prospects are ready, that's more viable than what you could probably get on the open market out of the waiver wire. There, there's a different feeling this year because of that, to me. It's a backing of real prospects that are really ready to come up here and try. That's good. Oh, yeah. I'm happy with that. Oh, yeah. So And it makes for probably seeing a lot of different lineups this year, too, I would think. Because if you bring those guys up, you're going to be seeing a lot of different movement, a lot of different, you know, maybe even trades at some point if they really think that a guy is ready to just be there full time. But the one position I still think is lacking that's going to be very annoying to see in terms of the prospect pool is still the catcher position. I would still say all signs point towards Michael Perez being the backup catcher. I don't think 
what we've seen from Carter Benz or uh, Jamie Ritchie or any of these other guys is really like, okay, he could be the backup catcher now. Um, but it's good, though, outside of that to where we see that there is depth at every single position on this team at this point. And now when I say that, I'm not saying like, okay, like we have great people here and good people behind them. It's more like good people here and prospects behind them that could be great or good. And we're, we're ready. Prospects. Yeah, we're ready. Like, ready to contribute prospects. I will disagree on catching. I, I think they, they got a long way to go before I consider catching to be a decent position. They, I don't think they're strong enough in what's going to actually make major league. And I don't think that they have anybody close enough for me to feel comfortable. Um, Carter Benz is going to start in Altoona, and if he makes it to AAA, he will have a Herculean season better than what he did last year. He He's just not shown anything that makes me think that. Now, Jamie Ritchie has hit, so I guess I can at least say he's hit, and he'll, <laughs> he'll be right there in AAA. I think you're right, Michael Perez is probably going to make it. I wish, I wish not. But um, defensively, at least we know he can handle the pitching staff and everything. He's got a little familiarity. The catching position to me just is by far the scariest on the team. Yeah. And I mean, because what happens if Roberto Perez goes down with an injury, which would, no, I don't want to knock on wood here, but he has an injury history. He does. So then Michael Perez is your starting catcher. Who's your backup at that point? Right, and then the other side of, of Roberto Perez is, well, what happens if he doesn't go down with injury? Because then you're going to have to watch him hit three, 400 times this year, and that has not been a great thing to watch either. So it, it's uh, it's not a pretty picture. I, I mean, he was the best catcher available in free agency, so great. You know, they, they at least did the best they could. Um, but there's a reason that market's tough, because that's not a position that just is easy to acquire. You got to build it. Yeah. And that's also kind of why I wish that Stallings was still here. Mm-hmm. I know that's like so far away or like so far from whenever we were talking about that. Like not really. It's a couple months. It's ago, water right? under the bridge, but it's still worth bitching about. You yeah. Know, especially like we looked at, uh, I think Nicholas looked really, really good in, in his early spring debut. We obviously haven't seen Connor Scott. Um, but Connor Scott, you could argue, was like already a borderline <laughs> prospect for the Marlins when, when we picked him up. I'd call him a throw-in. Mm-hmm. And and Thompson, is, if he doesn't do well, well, that trade stinks for yeah. right now. <laughs> you've hurt the team right now. You may have made it better when Nicholas gets here, but you've hurt the team right now. This is not the time to hurt the team. This is the time to start adding to the team. Yeah. So if Thompson is good... Okay, all right. I still didn't like it, but I'll give you a pass. At least you got us a pitcher. If he doesn't work out, yeah, they've screwed the pooch. Yeah, realistically, because even then, you could have still had Stallings right now as the starter, which, again, not the greatest bat either, but top defensive catcher in the league. And then maybe even if you still wanted to try to entice Roberto Perez to come in, you could have had Stallings and Perez. Like, not Michael Perez, Roberto Perez. It's still an enticing way to say that you could have brought him in. Or even just one of the other guys, like a Travis Darno, or one of those smaller guys that didn't go for that much money as well. But 
at the end of the day, I mean, we'll hope that Roberto Perez doesn't get hurt. And the fact that the depth of cross everywhere else is looking very nice, I don't think a lot of people are really going to mind too much unless it becomes a major problem. Like, I think that's where it's going to be like, okay, well, we could have had Jacob Stalling still, and yet we're stuck with Michael Perez every day right. because of this stuff. And if Roberto Perez has, <laughs> you know, a resurgence of that season, that one that everyone talks about, and he just goes off and hits a bunch of home runs, oh, he is so gone at the trade deadline. It doesn't oh, yeah. even, I mean, no matter what, you're not going to get a full season out of this guy. So I, I guess I, I'm not excited about the depth. I'm not excited about it at all. And best case scenario would be that he does really well and isn't here in the second half. Yeah, honestly. And it's good, though. I mean, that'd be a good problem to have. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, you talk, we talked about it before, about 10 to 14 guys on this team not being here next year. He's probably one of them, yep. honestly, un- unless – they just literally don't have any other option, but I don't think they're going to let that happen heading into next year. Because, um, I mean, how far along is Andy Rodriguez? I mean, if Andy's even a catcher. Yeah. You know? he, yeah. I've also heard that he might be an outfielder. And That's what he's listed base. on on ML. Yeah. And first baseman, and he can play center field. I mean, like, yeah, he's not – he's an athlete. So – I don't see him sticking at catcher. Henry Davis is twenty twenty three, late in the year, maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I don't see him going Torkelson and being up after two years. Do you? No. Maybe, maybe. But I've watched the Pirates long enough to think that he's at least going to get into twenty twenty three. He's not just going to come right up. Andy, yeah, he could. Abraham Gutierrez looks really good. Carter Bins could turn into something, but. You know, either way, Roberto Perez is not the guy. It's not like they're going to extend him for three years after this or something. So that would be, I would have no time if they did that. that right. would, I would just be like, all right, three podcasts on just one topic. <coughs> Honestly, uh, before we get into what else we want to see, I believe, is this the final week of spring training? Uh, well, the season starts on the 7th, so... Kinda. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. basically the last full week of spring training. Before before we get into what we want to see over this last full week, I want to let you guys know about the wonderful people at Built Bar. Of course, Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the planet Earth. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they're low-calorie, high-protein, and you should replace your candy bars with these. They are better because a typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Bilt Bars, by the way, contain 130 calories, 4 grams of net sugar and net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. And if they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Bilt Bar, they're all about the taste, and they make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every time. Go to BiltBar.com right now, use the promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off of your order. And use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com for the best protein bars on the planet. So, looking into this last week of spring training, I mean, it's kind of hard to learn 
much, I would say, in these next couple days, rather than a couple decisions that they have to make. Um, but is there anything in specific that you've had on your mind looking into these last couple games in Brayton and Florida before we get to April 7th against the Cardinals? Yeah, it's really mostly about the starting pitching, too. Um, this is the last time through, really, for, for most of them. And we should see them ramped up to 70, 75 pitches, probably. Uh, need to see better out of Brubaker. He's been very disappointing so far in, uh, in this spring. Uh, maybe he's working on something. Maybe he just stinks. You know, you don't know. Um, but he was just giving up towering, towering shots yesterday and really hard contact beyond that. Uh, Thompson's been okay. You know, it's kind of hard to say what he is yet. Wilson, he's looked really bad and really good, sometimes in the same game. Uh, really like to see, just see a little bit of consistency there. If that rotation can just be average, yeah, they've got a good shot of, of not losing 100 games this year. Because all these guys are going to be around. Um, Quintana's the only one that's not going to potentially be here next year in some form or fashion. So, yeah. And Keller just continue to be doing what he's doing. I, I mean, he's barreling towards opening day starter, isn't he? Yeah, wouldn't that be a revelation right there based off of how he was last year to be in the opening day starter in 2022? That'd be something, man. Yeah, and I mean, I guess if I'm the Pirates, you know, maybe we as fans put a little bit too much on him being a head case. Maybe he really wasn't a head case. It was just something wasn't clicking with, with the training yeah. or, or something, but... If there's any of that, maybe you don't do it this year. Maybe you're just like, yeah, you just go in the second game, man. That's on your schedule. You're good. You know, we'll see what happens. Do you, it's also the microscope that he would be under on opening day, especially against St. Louis. That would just be – that would be some stuff to talk about. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, who really is the opening day starter? I'll probably make a podcast about this the day before the game, but who's really – well, they'll probably know by then. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> who's going to be the starter? I mean... I, can, I hope it's not uh, Quintana. I hope it's not. <laughs> I mean, if it's Quintana, that's going to be fun. That'll be a fun uh, little experiment to have there. I believe it was uh, Brubaker last year, wasn't it? Or was it Tyler? No, it was Tyler Anderson. I think it was Chad Cool. Oh, yeah, it was Chad Cool because they uh, rewarded them for getting back from an injury so quickly and actually having a good spring. Yeah. See how quick, so I, see how quickly these guys leave. Chad Cool, great guy. No, that's how it is, man. I, I, but I think uh, you're probably looking at Bryce Wilson or, or Mitch Keller. I would think. Um, I don't think Brubaker will get it, but one of those two is who I would guess if I if I had to right now. Oh yeah, and another thing I want to keep looking forward to as well is Cole Tucker keep playing as well as he has this spring. That's been yeah. a very surprising thing too because I think he finally got it in his head that, hey, this is my last shot. Like, it really is. I mean, if he didn't play well this year, I think he was done. Personally. I think what's important about Tucker is that it's not just results. It's, mm-hmm. he looks different, too. It's a different kind of swing. It's a different kind of contact. It's a, a different kind of 
of mass that he's put on on his body a little bit and he's he's not rocking in the box anymore he's taking good solid swings he actually looks and i'm not going to sit here and say he looks like brian reynolds but he looks like he's kind of gone to brian reynolds school of switch hitting a little bit mm-hmm. where he is trying to to stay a little bit more quiet in the box he's getting a little bit more into his crouch he's he looks like he's using his legs that's important um there's nothing wrong with the number one pick turning out even if it's late be happy if he does well yeah. he could be a nice bench piece he could he could be a starter for a couple of years you don't have to have all prospects come up here at the same time that's what it's i don't thing. understand is like a lot of i don't i don't want to just say twitter in specific cuz i'm only usually on twitter but a lot of Pirates fans that I see, they're, like, upset that Tucker and Newman are playing well because they might stop O'Neill Cruz from starting. I'm like, if this team wants O'Neill Cruz to start, he will start if they want him to. We want him to. For good reason, we want him to. Yes. That's not how this team operates, though. Because well, what do I you and I people, always say about that, though, Ethan? We always say the bat will play. If the bat, the bat plays... Will play then the player will play. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter where. You'll find no. a spot. You'll find I a mean, spot a, for them. There's a reason that he played left field the other day. They wanted to see mm-hmm. what he looks like out there. And he didn't look terrible from what I saw. He didn't look bad. The I only thought thing he looked that, all right. And the, the other thing of Bill Cruz, considering I talked about him almost every single episode this like past week, I might as well keep that ball rolling because he's the talk of the town. I got a lot of crap last week for when he was hitting those home runs that were, like, down here at his knees, and he was kind of, like, diving down at them. I said, at some point, man, he's going to have to stop doing that. And everybody's like, well, he continues to hit home runs off of it. Like, yeah, but I don't want O'Neill Cruz to make a living off of hitting home runs off of one knee that are way too low for him that's supposed to be hitting anyway. Everybody brought could- up Vlad Guerrero to you, right? Yeah, and they were like, you used to do it. And I'm like, yeah, but is Neo Cruz Laguerrero. He could be, but he could be. I not right now. I guess some of that stuff is uh, a lesson learned type thing. Um, he hasn't gotten beat yet by it. Yeah. Once he, once you it, come up here, and I don't care when he comes up. If they start him on opening day, or he comes up here three months into the season, he's still going to have to get the rookie beat out of him. Yep. And and this league pushes back. There, there have been times when Pete Alonzo was made to look silly. You know, and, and I mean stretches of time. It doesn't matter how good you are. Most of the time, this league is going to win. We saw and, that and as recently as back. last year. And there, you I already mean, saw it in spring the other day. Looks like yeah. they've discovered that a high fastball to O'Neill Cruz is poison. Mm-hmm. And a down and in breaking ball, you better get it down. It better really yeah. be down. You know, and, yeah. and they've learned already. <laughs> and they're not even game planning yet. Wait till they do. And I'm not saying that to be pessimistic or to tell you that he's going to suck. Because he'll figure it out. I think he's a talented kid. There's no way to do that except for to play. So I'm not even using that as a mechanism to say keep him down. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying have your expectations in the right place. This isn't a guaranteed, like, oh, he's going to come up and be Dave Parker. Give it some time. You know, don't get frustrated with them as quickly as you did Polanco. That and also, 
as I was saying, like we saw this as recently as last year, uh, last year with Key Brian Hayes. I mean, that high and end fastball, he couldn't hit it to save his life for most of the year. And then near the end of the year, he figured it out. But the league pushed back on it, and he figured it out eventually. I think that's the same thing that's going to happen with Cruz here. I mean, you see this with all kinds of prospects. Even Wander Franco, I believe, had a stretch last year when he got brought up where he just couldn't hit anything. And then all of a sudden, he was like the best thing that the Rays have ever seen in 20 years. I mean, it happens to everybody. It happened to Aaron Judge, for Christ's sake. He couldn't hit anything for a while when he was a rookie. And that's why, I mean... It's a learning curve. It really is. That's all baseball really is at the end of the day. I used to play baseball. If I sat there, and no offense, I'm not, I was never on the high school or MLB level, but if I was in a tournament for my travel ball team and I, I kept throwing the ball high in, I would literally here, and I would be batting like I would normally bat, and I would lean back a little bit because I already knew that he was going to throw high and in. I went three for three that game. You think that these guys who play Major League Baseball aren't going to push back when the league pushes back? But, again, I do not want O'Neill Cruz to make a living off of golfing home runs. If you wanted to go play golf, go play golf. That, that That's all I'm going to say. Uh, and I, I love O'Neill Cruz. He's probably going to be my next jersey if he actually turns out to be well, because I love the number 15. I think it's a great number for him. But... Every player has their negatives, and I don't want that to turn into a massive negative for him. And I guess over this next week as well, we'll get an answer on where he will start the season. As I've said before, it will not shock me if he's there on opening day. It will not shock me if he's there at the end of June or at the end or the end of May to get that extra year of arbitration. It's just how the team operates. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I I think if it were up to me, I'd I'd have him start uh, in out of spring. I think he's earned that. I think when you're building a team almost solely on prospects, I think it sends a really good message to kids that you're going to be relying on next year and later on in this year that when you perform, you'll be rewarded. Yeah. Um. I I think that's something that they could probably get more value out of than an extra possible year, you know, out of a guy that, you know, probably won't play here in that last year anyway. Let's be honest. Yeah. So let's just do what's right for once. Wouldn't that be yeah. great? Like, they it could would just be. do what's right for once? <laughs> it would be. Oh, yeah. And on tomorrow's episode, we're going to talk about uh, performance being rewarded and how that could affect even next year with the guys like Nick Gonzalez and Leo Piero and Quinn Priester and Carmen Majinski, the next wave of prospects pretty much. But thank you all for listening to me and Gary Rumble about O'Neill Cruz and prospects and spring training, as you always do every Monday. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day, every single day, where you find your podcast. Of course, you can find Gary and myself now starting next week doing games at Bucks in the Basement. Uh, I'm also posting stories every once in a while, too. I think my swaggerty story did pretty well. But, Gary, uh, what's in tap for the five thoughts at five today and the rest of the week uh, for you and the fan forum? Uh, I haven't written the five thoughts yet, so I don't know. They'll, they'll come to me later. Uh, I just I have a new piece up about O'Neill Cruz, maybe starting the season or not, and all the different angles to that decision uh, that came out this morning. Check that out. And Pirates Fan Forum every Friday 
uh, drops at 8 o'clock on YouTube, early in the morning on audio, and it's a good time. So, check it out. Of course, and now that you guys have made me your first listen, make sure you make your second listen 